Do you dream of starting your own product-based business, but don't know where to start? Are you ready to grow your existing product business, but could use some guidance or inspiration? Welcome to the Product Sessions Podcast. My name is Rebecca Waldron, entrepreneur, product designer, and developer, and mom of three. I'll be sharing some of the lessons I've learned in my career working in the surf industry for brands like Hurley and O'Neill, as well as running my bag company, Bodomit, for over eight years. I'll also be interviewing industry experts to learn from their experiences and get their advice. I can't wait to help you take your big ideas and make your dreams a reality. Let's jump in. Hi, I am Rebecca Waldron, and I'm so excited about our first ever episode of the Product Sessions podcast. And on today's episode, we're going to be discussing how I started my own bag company. And I discussed this a little bit in the trailer, but to give you a little background of my experience, um, I grew up in Southern California in Orange County, Costa Mesa, Newport Beach area, and was always excited about the surf industry and living at the beach and working in that industry someday as a designer. So I did have that opportunity and I had my first job um, at La Jolla Group, which is the parent company for O'Neill, and at the time it was the parent company for Lost, Rusty, and Metal Militia as well. And I started at the receptionist and I worked my way up in the company until I was eventually an accessories designer. I was so excited when my first ever design came in the mail. It was a design that I had imagined and I drew a picture and I sent the tech pack to the manufacturer. And when it came in the mail, I was just like astounded. And I put the bag on and skipped around the office and showed all my coworkers and they were less amused than I was because this is something they had experienced. But for me, I was like, I still remember that feeling. It was amazing. So I had that job for a few years and then I got married and my husband and I moved to Hawaii where I had actually lived before. Um, But I couldn't find a job in the surf industry there unless I wanted to drive in to town the other day, which was like an hour away. It was on the other side of the island. And I had a real hard time finding a job. It was hard to go from my dream job designing to not finding a job. So I had this um, moment where I realized if I wanted to have a creative outlet, it would have to be um, my own business. So I did some things on Etsy. I sewed... um, what did I, I made aprons, I sold bags, I sewed like little tote bags to sell. I also did graphic design, I did wedding invitations, and I also helped a few people that were wanting to launch product businesses. I helped them make tech packs to send to their manufacturers to have their products made. But mostly I just felt kind of unfulfilled. Like I had this entrepreneurial spirit and drive And I had this creativity that I needed to get out, but I didn't really have an outlet. I was always thinking of ideas, but I just couldn't find my niche or that product that I felt like was really needed in the market. And I feel like this is where a lot of people have a hard time. If you're anything like me, you probably also have that entrepreneurial spirit and you always have ideas. Um, And you're kind of going through that cycle of like, does this idea work? Is there a need in the market? And I went through that for a long time before it finally hit. Um, And that happened after I had my first son while we were living in Hawaii. 
and we really needed a diaper bag that looked cool and didn't look like it was for the baby. You know what I mean? It didn't have like the little kid baby print. And then it also had all the function that you needed in a diaper bag, like, um, like the changing pad and all the pockets for the bottles. And then I wanted it to be a backpack, but also could be a messenger. And I also importantly wanted my husband and I to feel like it was our style that we could both feel confident wearing it. And I bought so many bags at that time and just could not find one that was a fit. And then I had that light bulb moment like, oh yeah, I'm a designer. I'm always looking for a creative outlet. This could be my thing. This could be my business. So I spent a long time um, drawing up different designs to get it perfect. And um, after I finally had the idea that I thought was perfect, I needed to find a manufacturer. And I think this is a barrier to entry that a lot of people face is, okay, I have this idea, but like, what in the world do I do to have that product made? And how do I find a manufacturer? And we will be having more in-depth discussions about where and how to find a manufacturer. But I was lucky in this circumstance that I had a friend who was making camera bags and I asked her if she would share her manufacturer's information with me. And since we weren't doing competing items, she was happy to share that with me. Um, and so I sent my design to them and the sample came back and it was great. And this doesn't always happen this way. I usually recommend that you send your design to several manufacturers and have several samples made so you can compare quality and get quotes for pricing. Um, in this circumstance, I was new and it, it worked out for me, but it doesn't always work that way. So I had my first prototype and at that time, we also moved back to California and I started working at Hurley at that time. So I was in the process of product development I would get the samples and then I would give them what's called comments where I would say, um, I like this and this, but please, these straps need to be longer. I need the padding to be thicker or I want a better coating on the fabric. So there was a lot of back and forth. And this honestly took a year. It was a year of back and forth where I felt like I was really trying to get that product right. I was nervous and I just was so nervous about it not being perfect. And I think there is such a thing as overdevelopment that some people get stuck doing this process for too long. And I think I probably got stuck in that phase. Um, I have heard it recommended that you get your product to be at least 80% the way you want it. Otherwise you can be stuck in this cycle for a long time. And so I had I don't know, probably like four or five samples until I felt like it was the way I wanted it. And mind you, each time you get a sample, you have to either pay for it or you have to pay shipping, which can be um, expensive to have that sample shipped to you. Um, and then once I felt like my bag was exactly how I wanted it to be, I had two colorways, which is another word for colors or patterns. It was one 
design, but it had two colors, um, I was ready to launch my bags. And I did this, I chose to do this via crowdsourcing, and I went with the platform Kickstarter. And on Kickstarter, essentially, um, you're raising money in order to get your product, and you can offer pre-orders. So I offered the ability for people to help me start my business by pre-ordering product, or there's other levels of support you could give. Like if you give $5, I'll send you a keychain or t-shirts. And I think in this process, it was important to have various levels. I had a lot of family and friends that wanted to help me out, but maybe weren't in the market for a diaper bag. So I, I offered, um, lower donation amounts for them and higher donation amounts for people that really wanted to support me. And I think I offered one that was like two diaper bags of each color as well as t-shirts and keychains. And I did have people that purchased that. Uh, one thing with Kickstarter is that it's an all or nothing method of raising your funds. So you set your goal and I believe mine might've been $5,000 which was not enough for what I needed. But on Kickstarter, if you don't reach that amount that you're aiming for, then you don't get any of the money and everyone gets their money refunded. And so I was so nervous to set that goal too high so that I wouldn't be able to receive that money. So um, I set it lower and luckily I was able to pass that. I think I had about $14,000, which was enough for me to purchase those items and have them shipped. So um, that worked out. I was lucky in that way. There are other crowdsourcing or crowdfunding platforms out there, including Indiegogo, as well as some others um, that have different rules and regulations. So that's something to check out if, if you're interested in going that route. One thing that I felt was beneficial doing it this way was that I was able to get a feel in the market for if people were interested in this product or not. It was a validation of sorts of my product. And I highly recommend doing that, whether you do it through crowdfunding or not. I always recommend um, taking your idea and talking to people about it, especially those that are in your target market. You wanna get their feedback. Let's say they like it, but they want padded straps or they want this or they want that. It's always great to get that feedback so you can kind of estimate how much interest there is out there before you go and have so many of them made. After I ordered my bulk production, I put 50% down to cover half of the cost, which is pretty typical, and then they manufactured it, and then once they send it, you pay the other half. So unless it's a really small order, then you generally pay all of it up front. Of course, some issues came up, which I feel like is pretty common. One of the issues for me was that there was a protest at the port. And so my products were sitting in the port, but we just couldn't get them because the workers were protesting at that point. So I had to tell my Kickstarter backers, like, sorry for the delay. There's a protest going on. So yeah, you're gonna wanna build in time for delays and you're gonna wanna under-promise and over-deliver as the saying goes. You wanna say, it's not coming until March and then if it comes earlier, great. 
but you don't want to tell them it's coming in February and it doesn't arrive till March. After my Kickstarter launch, I was able to continue to grow my company. Some of this I did while I was working at Hurley, and then some of it I did while I was teaching college classes, and then I was able to quit and do Bodomit as my job full-time, and I continued to add products and different varieties of bags. And I feel like that was important to get returning customers because my product was something that you don't necessarily purchase more than one time. If you buy one of these diaper bags, it lasts a long time. You're not necessarily going to buy another one unless it's a gift for someone else. So it was important for my brand to have a variety of products to offer my customer. So now I offer a different style of diaper bag that's vegan leather as well as a small crossbody fanny pack bag and lots of different colored straps that you can interchange with your bag. And having that variety of styles is important for attracting new customers or getting repeat buyers. Uh, I was finally able recently to hire a social media manager, which has been so helpful and such a weight off my shoulders. In fact, I feel like it's one of the reasons I now have time and I'm able to create this podcast because marketing and sales is such a huge part of starting a business. I think I didn't realize that going in because I'm a designer my background is in design, but if you're wanting to launch a product-based business, just know that sales is going to be a big part of it. It's not just design a product and people will come running. You constantly have to be finding new customers and selling to people, which is what we're going to discuss here on the podcast as well as different techniques and ways to make that easier and ways to systematize it so it's not cons- consistently overwhelming you of all these things you have to do, but you have things in place to make that a reality. So thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope that learning about how I started my bag company helps you as you're dreaming of starting your own product line or growing your own product line. And we'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Product Sessions Podcast. Visit theproductsessions.com for full show notes and additional resources. If you're interested in growing your own product-based business, but you need some more guidance, check out our free resource, The Product Business Launch Guide, by visiting theproductsessions.com backslash launch guide. See you next week.